Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Ski Instructor Podcast. My name is Dave Burrows. I'm the director and owner of Snow Pro Ski School based here in Valdilier in Switzerland. What do we have here? Looking out of my uh, window in my office, there is snow on the ground at about 1100 meters and it's snow i've got a beautiful view right now of the don Dumini. um yeah snowed all the way almost down to village level which is pretty cool and there is a kite lazily circling in the sky looking for food i'm guessing uh somewhere in the valley and then we've got this kind of amazing blend of like autumn colors so just like to the left of my garden there there's this beautiful two um sort of pair of like bright well, bright yellow trees. They've gone bright yellow in the autumn now. They're usually green. Um, and then sort of dotted on the green hillside, there's all sorts of red trees and sort of yellowing trees. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's a really, really nice time of year, this. I, I love, love the colours um, that we have here in the autumn. So, uh, yeah, so snow has come. Uh, I've been skiing quite a lot uh, already. Uh, I've been two or three times to, uh, I've been once to Trevino, a couple of times to Glacier 3000, which is only about 45 minutes away from me and is relatively flat. So it sort of makes you feel like a hero early season and it makes you get uh, or allows you to get all your movements and timing uh, good um, before you know, you start taking it to the steeper stuff when uh, the, the more local skiing opens. So um, lots going on. I've been very, very busy with um, booking in ski lessons. It's gone absolutely crazy uh, since October half term, um, since the the, 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 vac- the school vacations and those people now are really starting to think towards their, their holidays. Um, we've sold out already a couple of the weeks, uh, the busy weeks. Um, and so... As much as I hate to disappoint people, unfortunately, um, demand means that uh, we're just not going to have enough instructors to service all the people that want to come to the region, um, which is good. And I'm, my experience, I think, is mirrored by everybody else. So it's going to be an extremely busy back to normal season um, for everybody, uh, I hope. Um, here we are then with episode 49. It's the second part of um, my interview with Simon Jones, who is the head freestyle coach at Kimberley uh, in Canada. We talk in this episode um, about the sort of the structure of, of, of CSIA exams at the the higher level. Um, we also have quite a we sort of have a lovely chat about um, client service and and how that is different in Canada compared to Europe. Um, and we finish off talking about some sort of teaching and uh, but teaching techniques. Uh, and how the crossover is between skiing and golf because Simon teaches golf in the summer there as well um so yeah and I've got oh, I've got loads uh, finally I managed to get in this uh, this podcast um organized which is great uh, I've got loads of podcasts in the in in the bag already there's there's one two three really decent interviews which I'll have to split up into into parts and that will probably see us through the the, the winter for sure um and then i've got a load of names on my list that i'd love to get get stuck into for next year as well so um yeah enjoy this uh enjoy this podcast um or this episode of the podcast and i will be back sometime in december with um episode 50 50 episodes of the ski instructor podcast would you believe it um i can't believe i've even found 50 people or 50 you know episodes worth of people to talk about but it's brilliant and i'm really really glad that we're getting these people's experiences and knowledge down in a sort of open source forum if you like so that all the people that are new to the industry or indeed those who are in the industry and you know have this sort of continuing thirst to learn like i do um 
you know have the opportunity to learn from from the experience of all of these other people and it's certainly something that you would never have been able to do you know 20 30 years ago um or even further back than that so i think it's becoming an amazing resource um for those that wish to use it anyway enjoy the interview um and we start off by talking um about the structure of um the csia enjoy the podcast Um, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, let's um, tell me, tell me a little bit about. I'm sure we might have done this on a previous podcast, but give me a, <laughs> a quick overview of what, for those interested, what the Canadian um, system looks like. I've I, the things I like that I've heard about the Canadian system is that there's a certain sort of anonymity to it, as in. The assessment is the assessment and yeah. you know you've got a number on and if you're good enough you're good enough kind of thing um but maybe just walk me through what it what it looks like maybe from from level three onwards i'm guessing the canadian one and two is is more or less the same of you know as all of the other one and twos everywhere yeah i think so i think you know the level one got reduced to three days a few years ago mm-hmm. um and uh you know, but with all the levels, what I think a change in recent years is is there's a uh, a syllabus of, of lessons and it shows you some really good lesson plans that that can work on. So you know whether you're teaching a level one or a level two, uh, the candidates have a really good understanding of, of, of what is required and and how to structure a lesson. What what are some of the common things you're going to come up against when when you're teaching those type of lessons uh, when you have customers. So I think that's been a huge, uh, a huge evolution in, in the last couple of years. Um, as you get into into level three, um, you know I think um, you, you know the, 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 it gets more difficult. Uh, you know you, you're looking at trying to achieve um, you know more precise maneuvers, um, and uh, you know making sure that people really have more of an acquisition um, uh, phase uh, to the scheme, and then level four, you know then just taking it that that bit, bit higher again. Um, what's happened in the level four um, in recent years is it's gone to what we call a selection camp now. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-day selection camp uh, where you'll ski uh, the required maneuvers uh, that they're looking for. Yeah. And uh, if you can get to that uh, level, then you then get entered into the selection camp. And then there's a series of modules uh, that you'll take working with trainers uh, in each module that really get to know you. And, and, and really uh, delve in and, and help you uh, achieve the required levels that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go through to a final uh, ski exam. So wow. that, that's been that's been a difference in, in the last couple of years. That, that probably came in about, uh, about 18 months ago, two years ago now. Now, why do you know why they did that? Was there too many people kind of speculatively attempting the level four? Or is it... 
I think, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, the pass rate was very low, as I think it is across all, all the world, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I've never met I've never met any organization where somebody said that level four is, is easy to achieve. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, you know, I'm just looking at it through my eyes. You know, there's lots of people that will go in for it uh, that, that weren't at the desired criteria or, or at that level. Yeah. So instead of instead of them keep repeating that and, and not getting to the level, hey, here's a, here's an entry level that we need you to be able to ski at. Um, we need to be able to see that you can do some maneuvers that we can work with and, and, and get you to the get you to the required um, you know level that we're looking for. So I, I, you know there's definitely a debate out there. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure not everybody's happy with it. Um, you know, as somebody that's just going into that process, you know, I just went into the selection camp uh, this year. Um, you know, I found it great because I had a lot clearer picture of, of what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, under the right training, you know, again, what, once you get through to this, I, I think, you know, I think it's going to be fantastic to be able to ski with somebody um, through these different modules that are going to get you to that, to that level. I, I, mean, yeah. I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, you're not now hitting your head against the wall. I think it's a lot clearer to see what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is there much more after those modules or is that like once you've done that, that's that? Yeah. So you've got to keep passing, um, you know, you, you, you would pass each module so you could repeat it, um, you know, if, if you weren't getting to the desired result. Mm-hmm. Um, but ideally, once, you, once you've completed those modules, you're then ready to go uh, into the ski exam. And then at that point, you know, if you've gone through all of that training and all of that hard work, um, then, then you will be, you know, you know, you, you, what they're really saying is, if in order for you to go through all of those steps, when it comes to the actual final exam, yeah. you should be at that. You're going to be at that level. It's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be something that that, that you're not aware of at that stage, right? Yeah. You know, yeah whereas yeah. in the past, you'd have a lot of people that would would be repeating the exams for several years, right? Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And did you you did the Swiss one? Yeah, so so I transferred from um, from Basie into the Swiss Snow Sports, and and uh, from there you have to do a whole bunch of well, you have to do something called the international equivalents, where they take a bunch of the tests from their instructor exam, and right. you you have to show them that you can do it basically, um, and that is in a similar way. It's kind of anonymous, like it's not it's not anonymous as such, but it's what they haven't got in the Swiss system is they haven't got that kind of thing that they had in the British system, which is, which is um, uh, where you sort of ski down to the trainer who's been teaching you all week and he tells you whether you passed or failed. So right. you do the tests that they ask for and then in the tests that they ask for, uh, they give you a mark and then at the end of the course, they shake your hand, say, see you later and they send you the results in the post. And it's much more, it takes all the pressure off of the learner. It's fantastic. Because you just go up and you do the best that you can do. And and that's that, you know. Um, yeah. But within that sort of journey to full cert in, in, in Switzerland, then, you know, because I was quite a long way through the Basie system. So I converted in, did their skiing tests. So that test that they do there is in order to see if you can ski as well as their top level skiers basically 
So right. yeah, it's all the same tests you know that you would have to do in the in the, in the regular um, level two instructor thing, and then after that you have to do some other tests which are more theoretical, and then you have to do right. dissertation and all this sort of stuff. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you'd have to do in French or German or Italian that uh, that you know isn't isn't skiing, um, and that's the journey if you convert in at a certain level. That was my journey anyway, and. Right. Um, yeah, so it kind of, I took a roundabout route about it because I kind of, halfway through, I I, I kind of got, I think I got almost kind of all the way with, with Basie, but I looked at the system and the system to me seemed to be screaming out that everything was set up to go and be an instructor in France. Yes, yeah. Right, that's that's what it looked like at that time. And I said to myself, well, look, I don't really, you know, my life is in Switzerland. I'm a Swiss kid. My wife is Swiss. Like, I live in Switzerland. Like, why am I jumping through all these hoops to, 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 to be qualified to go and teach in France? I don't want to go and teach in France. I want to teach in Switzerland. And so at that point, I kind of reactivated this this um, this Swiss snow sports thing that I was doing. And then that, that seemed to me like the logical direction in which to go. And turns out that I was right you know and, and I've ended up where I've ended up so it's pretty cool um, and I found the whole organization Swiss Snow Sports much more friendly much more kind of positive and when you were arriving at the Brevet Federal exam you know that everyone was like yeah you can do it like you know no problem go for it you know it's going to be all right and yeah. that was refreshing so refreshing when you go on there and they're like refresher courses and their instructor courses like everyone's rooting for you it's so nice it's really really nice yeah. It's not like a shootout, you know? It's not like this big yeah. pressure wherever they're kind of pitting everybody against each other, which was always my impression of the Bayesian exam. It's just like, you know, oh, everyone knows that there is, you know, that like the pass rate's always about 50% or slightly below. So, you know, who's going to be the shit one that isn't going to be, isn't going to make it? Uh, it's just horrible, a terrible environment to learn in, you know? Uh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely, that would be my view of, of the Beijing system as well. You, you know, and that's not to that's not to bash it, that was just definitely It's that, just experience, that, uh, right? You know, that process, whereas, yeah, CSIA, you know, I mean, it, you know, I'm nothing but uh, nothing but praise. You know, I, I, there's just always somebody there that wants to help, right? You know, whether that's, mm. uh, you know, typically... I'm sure it's like most of the ski schools who've come across, you know, there would be, you know, the head of the ski school, mm. typically, typically a level four. In most of the cases here, the head of the ski school are typically level four examiners, yeah. or level four tra- trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'd be a host of other people there as well that would lead session, lead training as well. So, you know, for me, it's been, that's been a continuous thing, right? No matter what resort I've worked in, you know, there's always been somebody there that that's uh that, that wants to help you, right? And, and yeah. I think that's that's certainly what I felt is people want you to be to, to be better. You know, they're, they're encouraging you to, to keep working, to keep training. Um, you know what? In through CSIA now, once you once you get your level three, the next progression then would be to become a, a course conductor, and that allows you to then examine level ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a new component there, which is called the trainer uh, development. Uh, and so in order to be a course conductor, a facilitator, you have to pass the trainer uh, designation. And then that then is leading you into that pathway of, of going into level four, then a selection camp. So, you know, it's very, very well structured now that, that the people that are going through that process are invested in 
in themselves, yeah. I guess, and, and, and invested in, in becoming, uh, you know, the highest that they can be. So, you know, I think now, certainly when I'm going on these courses and, you know, the, the, the selection camp this year, I haven't done anything like that for a few years, but mm. it's almost, uh, you know, you recognize most of the people that were there because you, you've all been, you've all been in the process for a few years, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was nice because, uh, you know, you felt like you were all on the same journey, right? Well, it's a similar thing. Yeah. You, you kind of, you certainly, you have peers that you go through the system with. And I, you know, I know a whole bunch of people that I don't know the current crop. I don't know who they, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who know, you know, for example, Max knows a whole bunch of people I don't know, but I know a whole bunch of kind of people who went through it with me. And then I know a whole nother bunch of people who were on the same courses with me with Swiss Snow Sports. And it's really cool, right? Because you occasionally run into them and you sort of see how they're getting on. But certainly the ones that were or on my course they're all kind of running ski schools now and just kind of getting on with uh, getting on with their life in the industry and I met some really really cool people during during those things you know who are all, yeah. all still around you know all still doing stuff it's really nice yeah it's a, I think it's a small community like that right when, mm. when you see it like that and and obviously, you know, as we started off the conversation, you know, I think some of the people that I first trained with in Bayesley, I mean, as far as I know, most of them are still going. Yeah. The yeah. yeah, I think, you know, Phil Smith must be about 180 by now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Unemployable <laughs> anywhere else. That's why we're all still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And I think that's it. I, I, I think that's what is unique, right? It, it, it's almost everybody that, that, that you meet when, when you go in to do these things. Is, mm. is, uh, you know, that's what everybody loves to do, right? That's why, that's why you're still there, right? We all, mm. we're all, we all love the sport. Uh, again, going back to that first guy that I ever met, right? You know, mm. people were inspirational then and, and still are, right? You know, I'm sure you've got some peers as well. You know, I, I yeah. some of the people that were training us at the selection camp and, you know, you're still blown away at how good to be people skiing. You know, I turn up to some of these things thinking, you know, really? Like, will I ever be that good? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I don't know if that's the right attitude or not, but I think it's good to still look at people and go, you know what, that's amazing what they can do still. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I've definitely got to the place where I'm not, no longer, I don't think I ever was, like, the best skier in ski school. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the next gen that have come through, because I'm starting now, the, the the team that I've put in place this year is amazing like I've got two ex-fist skiers like oh. kicking around I've got like an amazing freestyle specialist you know and these guys are just ski rings around me it's extraordinary I'm like okay cool well what I'm going to do to avoid all this is I'm just going to telemark everywhere and then you won't be able to comment that's <laughs> my plan for the future but oh it's just it. that guy who turns up with his tele skis you know um so yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's lovely to watch. It's really, really inspirational, you know, to, to to see and to put your own kind of ego aside and just be able to say, look, those guys they rip, and that's cool. I'm cool with that. I'm very proud of them that they do rip. You know, it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you know, I, you know, I'm getting to the age now where there's people that that I know that that I was maybe leading session on two, three years ago, four years ago. And, mm. and now those people are level three, they're in the level fours. You know, I think that, I think that's phenomenal, right? Yeah, There's people great. like, you yeah. know, uh, that have come through the system and hopefully you've helped somewhere along the way. Right. I mean, I think that's what I see the role as now is, you know, how can you inspire more people to, to become instructors? You know, I think yeah. that's, yeah. I think that's a really uh, good thing about the level one here in the Canadian system 
is it's uh, you know it's a short course um, and it, and it's relatively inexpensive, I believe, compared to a lot of other uh, nations. Yeah. Um, because you know they, 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 you've got to get people into the system, right? You've got to you've got to you know how can you get more people to become uh, instructors, right? And, and to yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. Well, I, I think that's the, yeah. the Canadian system. Yeah, you know, is really. I think it's really seen that, and it's really trying to work on, on how can we keep this sport going. Mm. We've also, I think, we've got a duty as well as to, to to kind of there is a long tradition of this in Switzerland is kind of looking after stuff and preparing. Um, preserving stuff, preserving tradition, and also kind of you have a duty also to to teach the new generation of instructors the right way to do things. So they'll obviously have their own ideas and ideas as to how things should be done, but there are certain fundamentals to how things should be done and how you should treat clients and how you should present yourself and all of that stuff, which doesn't shouldn't really change and yeah that that needs to be passed on from generation to generation you know the right way of yeah. doing things yeah 100% 100% yeah all right cool yeah. no great yeah. all right um now we are so when we were exchanging correspondence we were, talk, we were just talking a little bit about kind of you know the whole canadian friendliness thing but yeah. we this paragraph that jumped out in, in our correspondence, which we said something like, just wanted to say, um, totally agree with all the comments regarding customer service techniques and hospitality skills. I think CSI does a great job of explaining that now with our current content. Whenever I'm teaching level one instructors, I try to hammer home the need for returning clients. And that I think is super interesting. It's something I also talk to my instructors about. Is that clients don't grow on trees. There's a lot of kind of, you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff goes gets involved in getting that client to be standing there in front of you. All you've yeah. got to do is not mess it up, and all you've got to do is deliver a really really good session, and then they'll keep coming back to you because you're the man, right? You're the man or the woman who is 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 there. That you're their instructor. You have the potential to be their their instructor forever. You know. And yeah. um, I thought that was interesting, but is that the, the, the thing that you mentioned here about CSIA having that as part of their content, client service and, and hospitality skills, is that, can you expand a little bit about what CSIA says about that kind of stuff? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, in, in terms of, in terms of what's getting delivered right now is, is, is what they call a the collaborative approach. Um, and it starts off with, um, you know, in essence, it's a circle, and uh, and we work around the circle. Um, in the middle of the circle is know your learner. Um, so it's uh, I can get all this right: psychological, <laughs> uh, physical, aspirational, performance, and skill. Okay. Um, so it really is getting you to delve into the client, find out what are they looking for. You know, we've all been uh, on that lesson where, you, you know, you think you're trying to deliver every technical component out of the manual. Yeah. And really, they just wanted to uh, spend four hours around. with you. And, yeah, yeah. You know, they, you know, they're just looking for a friend, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think what's great there is is that starts that process of, of you understanding why are people here? What, what are they there for? Um, and I think once you know that, then that 
stop some of the pitfalls that maybe we've all gone into in the past mm. um, where, where you've ended up delivering something that, that wasn't what somebody wanted. Um, so that creating that experience um, for them, you know, designing the lesson based upon upon that, uh, upon what the individual is looking for. Yeah. Um, and then assessing them as they go, we kind of move into assessing the experience uh, objective versus outcome um is it uh, you know what's the cause what's the effect and then it moves into exploring um you know so then we're moving into changing the environment changing the tactics changing changing the terrain um and they're looking for uh, to learn more skills so i think that framework just just enables you to structure the lesson a lot mm. better uh you know as a level one uh we spend uh, uh really vast vast parts of the first day um, getting them to understand uh, those elements, you know, what is somebody looking for? You know, why are they there? Um, yeah, we're talking about the, the safety on the mountain and, and all those aspects that I think every every organization does. Um, but it's really just trying to, to get them to understand you know why are people there, right? Uh, what what are what what are what are they here for? How long are they here for, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a week's holiday? Is this a hey? I've just flown in for the day and and uh, I just want to see what skiing is all about. Um, so we really go through the meet and greet process, um, creating trust, creating confidence, uh, which enables the lesson to run a lot a lot smoother. Um, going into the equipment, uh, you know, explaining what the equipment is, and then going through uh, all the skills that I think are probably similar uh, during different organisations. So, I think as a level one candidate coming into into the system, we, we really work on that. Um, you, you know, and we use uh, certainly I do as well. You know, using a lot of games just to just to. Uh, get people to understand uh, a little bit more about each other, um, what they like to do uh, other than when they're skiing, um, you know, and really just kind of breaking the ice. I think there's a lot more of that that goes on during the lessons. And then, you know, as we move into our staff training every year uh, for the ski schools, certainly in this area, again, it's a big part of what we're teaching is, uh, you know, uh, you know, knowing the mountain, knowing all the little, in, you know, all those little details. And I think that's what, that's what I've changed, and that that's what I certainly learned when it, when when you're in Canada is you know knowing it's knowing those spots to go to right what is on the menu today all those little hidden things that you don't get taught in the manual mm. um, but they can just make such a difference to the experience for the day hey you know what we're going to go over this side of the mountain right now because this is where the sun is today you know just lots of little things yeah. uh, that I'm sure I'm sure you do Dave now just you know you just do it matter of fact right but um, I think CSIA is trying to trying to bring that in a lot a lot more and and getting people to to really make those lessons i guess more personalized mm. maybe generic would, would that be the right thing to say yeah, yeah I, I i think so and, and it's tough to know that when you don't know anything right so if you're like a yeah. you know fairly new instructor um yeah it's difficult so why not put it in there as opposed to kind of yeah. having to discover that over the course of a, a career it would be it, it's for me, I think sometimes the ski instructor systems get bogged down a little bit with with technique, and I don't see enough commercial focus within the manuals that I've read, certainly across three or four different um, instructor systems that actually yeah. come to tell us, all right, you know, it's all well and good. Here's a whole bunch of technical info. Here's how you academically break down and put labels on skiing. Fine. 
no probs. But actually, is anyone sitting around considering that that's the customer over there? And that's yeah. the guys whose needs is all important because unless we service that, then he ain't coming back. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that I think you know. I mean, some of that I'm sure is my own liberal understanding, and, and maybe a background, you know, you know, coming through more sales and marketing. Yeah, there is, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is just to deliver that to you know that people can see you know this, you know that this this lesson that you have today, you know, this could be you know this could be a repeat lesson for for many years to come. Yeah. I'm sure we've all had those right where you have the same clients that come back and back year after year, right? I don't think it's because of any inspiration inspirational thing that you're telling them in the manual <laughs> well, you know yeah. you, you know it's because they love you know they love the banter or they love uh, yeah. you know they love the fact that you know the restaurant that they like or the wine that they like yeah. or you know you're just sharing some insights in, into the place and uh, you know uh, I think with the level one I, I think as course conductors we're allowed to explore that a little bit more yeah. uh, and bring that side to it and you know and, and I think you have to you know, we're all here because we love doing it. But at the same point, you know, you have to earn a living. And, and the only way you're going to earn a living is if those people keep coming back or if they refer you to their friends. And I think that mm. that's something that, that I'll talk about a lot is, you know, I, I, I've had clients that have literally, you know, opened the door to, to a whole host of other clients for me. And, and, mm. and that's huge, right? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. I think so. I've certainly got clients that I've been skiing with for years and years and years. And I'm kind of often, I often wonder why they come back. You know, like, so I'm, like, I'm not that interesting, am I? Like, I, I'm not, like, they, they've heard, they must have heard everything that I have to say, you know, because yeah. I know I'm sitting there delivering the lesson, I'm thinking, I don't, I've kind of run out, sometimes run out of ideas. And yeah, yeah. I've taken them to a point where I think, well, yeah, you know, I don't know how much further we can go, you know, without you getting yeah. bored of what I'm saying. But there's obviously some sort of connection there. I'm guessing it, probably looks a little bit like trust or feels like trust maybe i think so but, you yeah, know I mean, and so you say well i don't want to go yeah. with anyone else because you know trust this guy and i know him and this is you know he, he knows me i think that might be it it's like this you know you don't have to spend an hour and a half of a three-hour lesson explaining to a new instructor what all the issues are you know yeah. um in order for them to kind of go off on on, on their direction, it's like, oh, okay, well, we don't waste that time. We just spend like three hours, bam, right? We're already, it's a continuation from the previous lesson because I can remember all the stuff we were working on before. Um, yeah. We don't often swap clients between instructors at my ski school uh, unless it's a real, you know, scheduling issue that we can't get away from. But even so, then if that does happen, I make sure that the two instructors talk to each other and give give the information to, to, to make sure it's as seamless as possible. You know, like, yeah. so, so here's what you were working on. He already knows that, and he's going to tell the new instructor where you left off so that, you know, that person can fill in for the week and then you can go back to your regular instructor. It's, it's, it's quite important, that concept of lost time. Maybe that's there's something in that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think we... You know, it's something. You know, it, it's having that ability to 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 tailor the lesson to to what the person's looking for, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
you know, it, it's, it is knowing that, like, what, what are they here for? What are they, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're the same as me. You know, I've had lessons where, you know, I've met somebody there on the beginner slope and, and there's always a couple that really stick in your mind. You know, yeah. I remember a lady coming over to me and she said, listen, you know, I hate skiing, don't want to be here whatsoever. This is my boyfriend. I love him very dearly. And this is his passion. He's yeah. going to go away and ski. We're going to stay on the beginner hill and uh, you'll, we're going to walk around for two hours. We'll have lunch and we'll do the same in the afternoon. And when he comes to clap me, I'll tell him you're great and about a wonderful day. <laughs> <Are> you <okay? laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, deep down, you know, the instructor in me wants to teach you everything. Right. And I, think yeah. I started, I think I was like, yeah, OK, great. You know what? I'm just going to show you a few things. And I could tell like she just had no desire to do that. We walked around on one ski. We went out had a great lunch, got to know each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day. She was happy. I get a big, nice tip because he's happy. And, and you know what? Maybe that was it, right? You yeah, know, we haven't yeah. harmed her. You know, uh, maybe we haven't brought her back. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you just have to listen to what people say. And, uh, you know, uh, I think the CSIA, you, you know, again, if you, you know, if you look at that level one, which is the entry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's people skills, you know, uh, you know, is highlighted all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, with with the guys that we have this year, you, you know, we have a gap program uh, that runs out of here uh, called Snow Mines. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's uh, predominantly like Danish, Swedish. I don't know if you guys have come across them. No. Okay. Um, and, and so they will come in and they'll do they'll do their uh, training um, to pass their level one at the start of the season. And then and then they get hired into the ski school. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, for me, that level one is definitely unique because not only am I trying to get them through the level one because these guys need to work yeah. for the whole season, uh, but you're also trying to set them up with all the skills that they need, right? You literally downloaded everything you've learned for mm-hmm. the last 10, 20 years uh, so that you know that these guys can survive, right? Otherwise, they're going to be living off crackers and craft dinner, right? Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, you're trying to explain to them how to progress the lesson you know, what terrain to use so, so you, you know, you don't lose the client, uh, you know, all the things that, again, that I'm sure we do um, without even thinking now. But, you know, I find those level ones are quite intense because I, I know that they're coming to work for the whole season. They've never worked in a ski stool before. Yeah. Um, so you're really trying to fire them up with everything that you can, right? And, uh, you know, the, in the level one, they, they have um, lesson plans set out. I'm not sure if that's the same in the Swiss system now. So uh, we have a progression that takes you from literally never putting a ski on all the way through to um, uh, intermediate turns, uh, which is really then they can print them off. They've got them in the pocket and it's something they can refer to for the, really for the whole season there. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, really cool. That gives them a really nice tool, doesn't it? They kind of work with. Yeah, okay, definitely, right? Because like, if, if, if it's got some pitfalls, you know, hey, yeah. why can't somebody do this? Well, you've got a quick little reference manual there. So hopefully mm-hmm. you're starting to know yourself from, from the skills and things you've been doing. Mm-hmm. But if you've got any doubt, you've got this reference tool to look at then, which literally tells you, hey, you know what, um, Mr. X or, 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 or Mrs. can't can't turn can't turn or can't complete the turn why is that and they can just go through the checklist and, and, and keep working on the lesson uh, to, to get them to the right point so i think that's fantastic you know yeah i think that kind of stuff you know that's certainly stuff that wasn't available when i came into the system um you know in the freestyle world uh when you become a freestyle coach um you leave with a 12-week book that takes you from never ever all the way through to you know i would say a fairly good 
uh, freestyle skier in terms of being in the park and doing 360s and that kind of thing. And it's a whole progression about going on a box, uh, doing a rail, um, everything that you would need. So, again, I think the, the more of those tools we could give people, I think that's great, right? Yeah. It's got something to look at all the time, right? I'm sure we all still get lost on something, right? There's a client that you're like, hey, you know what, I'm just not sure what to do here. Yeah, uh, tell, tell me about it. The the um the, do you think though that that kind of additional focus on on, I don't know, like hospitality is that a Canadian thing? Because you seem quite friendly people. Yeah, I I hundred percent. You know, I, I I've definitely worked with a few people from PSIA, and I don't think it's that diff this dissimilar. To, I think it's a North American thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you know, I think generally, you know, there are a lot friendlier people that they're, uh, um, you know, not not too swayed by by too many political things that are going on in the world. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're a little bit more even keel. Most Canadian people that that I know. Yeah. Um, hopefully, if any of them are listening, <laughs> they agree with that. Um, but uh, no, I think it's I think it's just understanding that hospitality industry, right? That you know, if the person has a good lesson, um, then they're going to go into the bar. And spend money. They're going to go into the restaurant and spend money. They're going to go into the re- retail outlet. That's at the that's at the ski hill, mm-hmm. and maybe treat themselves to something from the shop there, right? Because they've had a good lesson. So, you know, it's that whole process, right? That you know, the ski school is just one small element of, of that of that whole industry or that whole holiday or that whole experience for the customer, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think the, just more more in tune with that, right? Yeah, and it only takes like one person to kind of let that whole thing down. You know, that's the other yeah. thing, and I don't think that's that's certainly something that's missing from the the the, the kind of the Swiss and the. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It's it's not in all resorts, but in certainly there isn't enough because everything is separate. I imagine where you work is is it the case where where you are in Kimberley or Fernie Panorama, like there's a lift company that owns and employs everybody on the mountain. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yes, like, so everyone's bought into yeah. the same idea, right? So he, yes. where, where we are in Switzerland, you've got me rocking up for the ski school. Like, you know, I know what our standards are and yeah. I know what we're going to deliver, but I can't guarantee the experience of the lift infrastructure, um, the lifties and all those guys, cause, you know, sometimes you have, I remember Morjan used to be the most grumpy guy there ever and I'm I'm just like what are you doing like you're the first person that people see when they get on the mountain and like you know we're we're bringing beginners up your lift and you're shouting at people this that and the other because they don't know how to do it so they don't know how to do it because they're beginners right because they're learning how to do it so you've got to help them that's your job right that's what you were employed for and you've got to do a better job uh, eventually he was fired I think he went out with like he was a mate of like the guy who owned it or something he was useless um, and that's like the face of the resort you know for that yeah. guy and then you've got the guys that work in the restaurants and stuff and all of these guys they're all separate they're all kind of separate individual companies and right. I would yeah. never never it's not in my nature to kind of sit there and say that one company running everything is a good idea because I don't think that is but there needs to be it needs to be more joined up the tourism aspect of it needs to be more joined up and people need yeah. to be aware that 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 any bad experience that where they touch the mountain any bad experience yeah. that touches them just means they won't come back 
Yeah, I think I think there's pro- I think there's definitely a, a, a more understanding for that out here. Um, you know, in this in the summer, yeah, you know, from the golf course perspective, we have seven golf courses in a in a very short radius, mm. and it'd be easy for us all to work against each other. But we actually work really well together, and we all understand that if one course is busy, the next one gets busy, and vice versa. Right? Mm. Most of the people that we're seeing are coming to play all of these courses, or a vast majority of them. So. You know, it, again, we're in the business of getting those people to come back year after year. Like, there's so many other mm. places for them to go, and, and it's the same with the scheme, right? You know, we've got a, we've got a, you know, in Western Canada here, right? You, you know, I, you know, I know lots of people could say it, but you could arguably say some of the best scheme in the world, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, what makes them come back to Kimberley, right, or Fernie, or, or Panorama? You know, it is, it is the people, and um, you know, I, I, I 100% agree with what you said. We, we definitely got our first year of, of, you know, some people like, you're yeah, not sure why they're working in that industry, right? The lifties and different people who are always seem grumpy. But again, I think, you know, I'd like to see that. I'd like to say that when I deliver level one, people see this, you know, the more of those people you can get to know, even the grumpy ones, I just go out of my way to find out what they like, right? What do they like to do? What do they listen mm-hmm. to? What, are they, what music do they like? What do they drink? And even if they are grumpy, when I go to the lift in that morning and I've got my level one group that are coming and I know that guy's name or that lady's name, I, yeah. I can throw something at them just to give them a little bit of banter. Yeah. And I think the group sees that, right? So everywhere you go, there's some banter with whoever's running the lift or whoever's the bartender or whoever's the, yeah. you know, and I think I think they see that and they then in turn get to know all these people, right? I think there's a bit of a chain reaction there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think so, and that's. I mean, that's a good thing. It's 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 nice to be known around the mountain. You know, like yeah, if yeah. you've been there a long time, you know everybody, and you can kind of ski up to a place and it's like, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is Mister X. He's skiing with me today. This is, you know, this is this guy yeah. who does this in his spare time. Blah. You know, like it's just nice. You feel like you're welcoming someone yeah. to, to 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 your yeah. your environment. You know. Yeah, this is your backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. There's two two more things. If you've got time, um, your your our email that we were we were exchanging says on a recent level one course, I had six middle slash high school teachers. Normally, we have a number of gap students who never taught before. This group was incredible. Lessons were amazingly creative, and I stole several ideas from them. I wonder if you'd be willing to tell us all about that, and maybe. Tell me your tell me those ideas so I can steal them from you. Pass them off as my own. <laughs> pass them off as my own ideas. Oh no, yeah. Put me on the spot here now. Hey, it's funny. I don't know I don't know if it's safe for you, right? But you know, a month or two off snow and my mind's just kind of gone blank. It's again. funny, isn't it? Um but yeah. but uh no, uh, you know, like I said, I guess for the, you know, uh, you know, talking through some of the level ones, you know, you know, I've been lucky the last couple of years, I'll probably do um, you know, three level ones a season. Um, you know, the first one is typically uh, people from the GAP program that 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 are coming to pass the level one, and, and they literally, you know, they they'll, they'll pass the level one on the Sunday, and they they start at the ski school on the Monday. Mm-hmm. So literally that, that quick, um, and then we'll have a lot of people that were just you know local people that or, or, or people that are thinking to get into the industry, um, uh, you know that type of level one. Um, so so it could be a mixed bag, you know, literally going for somebody that's just got through like CSA has dropped it now I, I believe it's 15 years of age um, okay. that you can cool. come through now you know all the way up to you know last year I think I had a guy who was like 79 nice. right? so all right. you get kind of prepared for every walk of life right um, but in this particular case um, there was some teachers 
that wanted to uh, just be better and, and ski with the students. So here we have uh, a lot of half day Fridays. Um, so so people will ski together in the afternoon. Uh, a lot of the schools will have a program like that. Um, and so I did a level one here with uh, with uh, you know six uh, school teachers and. Um, you know all this learning side and all the things that we've covered in our in our podcast so far. You know these guys just do on a daily basis, right? So mm-hmm. you know you're talking through it, but they've just got it all naturally, right? They teach every day, right? And uh, and you know just watching them do lessons. You know when when you can have that group that is so insecure and so nervous about teaching to their peers. Yeah. Here we have six people that are just, you know, as if they're just Hollywood actors, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Just fantastic, right? You know, just no inhibitions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, just little thing. You, you, you know, I remember, that, you know, we were doing a pole plant lesson and, you know, they were, they were using the pole, you know, again, what, one of the things I stole, you know, they were using, they basically did a whole 007 act using ski poles. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, and uh, and I was just blown away, right? I was just like, you know, I never really looked at it like that. And it, yeah. So it was just interesting the way they just took stuff and just turned it into, I guess, a performance. That might be the yeah. better thing to yeah, say. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I guess lessons could be a performance, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. Yeah. One of the things, yeah. I'll give you one because I don't know whether this is, uh, I just, yeah. because it's something that I picked up. I can't remember who told me this, but it was really cool. Um because one of the things I think when you're you're teaching like a breaking snowplow yeah. is that if the only place that you can learn a breaking snowplow is by pointing yourself down a hill and breaking using a snowplow, right? Yeah. But you can sort of simulate the feeling of the skis cutting the snow and doing that breaking job by going down onto the flat, asking your student to kind of you know, make their snowplow position and giving them your ski pole. So you come off the skis yourself, giving them your ski pole and sort of dragging them along and asking them to resist you, but on the flat. Yeah. And it takes, it gives that one, it gives them all the sensation of it. So you can get them to practice the gliding snowplow or the braking snowplow. You can do it with either whilst in a non-threatening environment. So one, it gets them used to the action and the feeling and the technique and then secondly it's kind of in an in an environment where it can't go wrong right and yeah. i found i found i've added that into kind of my progression that i teach which is a mismatch of all these kind of things that i've learned over the years yeah but i put that in because i find that is to be quite a quite a useful little thing for clients when you're teaching that kind of beginner you know complete beginner thing Right. Just yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Well, I, I can remember again. I remember the 007 one because I've kind of stole that and added it in a few times uh, for sure. But uh, the, the way that the way our progression goes is is uh, like I said, we go from uh, you know literally uh, never ever uh, to straight gliding, mm-hmm. um, and then then we go into speed management, uh, yeah. so braking in the snowplow. Um, so the straight gliding is always one of those lessons where. You know how much you can do, and, and, I, and I can actually remember the person's name. It was Brad, and so he did a full uh, Winter Olympics straight gliding. Um, <laughs> so simulated every single sport as he was doing this, in a straight glider lesson. And again, I, I've definitely used that. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. in the level one sits, right? It was just fantastic. We had this guy pretending he was on a skeleton to the bomb sled to, <laughs> oh yeah, it was just outstanding, right? Uh, um, did a little bit of ballet ski, uh, you know, uh, yeah. on ice skates. Oh, fantastic, right? Yeah. 
And again, I think it's just more you see how people react to that, right? And, mm. and then a big, a big component of, of the level one is is teaching children, and uh, and that was the one that I think really struck me because that's definitely a lesson when you're dealing with some some older mature adults, you know, getting them to to to, to get into the teaching mode or, or yeah. that kind of character to teach children is hard, right? Yeah, it sure and, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and again, watching these teachers, you know, straight away, what's the first thing they do when when they, you know, so they come out to simulate uh, a, a teaching a teaching a children's lesson, and straight away they take the skis off, they're down on the ground at a lower level, talking to everybody, right? Mm. All these things again that I know that mean you know, but when you see somebody else deliver that and you see how effective it is, it, mm. it, just, it just resonates more, right? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I shadowed one of Max. I put in place actually my ski school this year a thing where everyone has to shadow each other so you've got to find time within the schedule to shadow one of the other like instructors so everyone kind of gets a flavor of everyone else's style but i shadowed max last year on something and i kind of dropped in on this lesson and he was talking about like peanut butter (laughs) and scraping peanut butter across the snow as as like a a kind of introduction to rotation and edging i'm guessing but i'm sitting there and these kids are captivated by this thing about peanut butter and i'm just like that's brilliant it's just brilliant. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, fine stealing yeah. that. You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's um, pretty cool. Pretty cool, right? Um, last question before I, because I've, I've kept you long enough. Like we've been going forever. Um, talk to me about golf, right? Golf, yeah. golf, skiing crossover. I've yeah. only just thought of this, so it's just you know, tell me. Feel free to just tell me to go away. I, I. There's two things to this. One, okay. arguably. Golf and skiing, both kind of mental games. You're not really playing anybody else. You're playing yourself. Yeah. Two. When I play golf, I can't keep. <laughs> I can't. I don't keep score. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reasonable golfer, but I don't keep score because of point one. Essentially. Right. Oh, love it, love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So I play uh, much yeah. better. So I go for an aesthetic now. So if I go play golf. If I hit two or three in a round, two or three absolutely like that's what I meant to do or that was a beautiful shot, I can walk away from the course like happy knowing that <laughs> I've kind of added to the the landscape in, in essence. But yeah. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, you, you know what? I, I, think that, I think that's perfect. If you can come away and do that, that's great. You know, how many times does, are you having a bad round and, and uh, the 18th hole... You make you make a great putt or a yeah. great drive, and, and that, that's just what brings you back. Right? It is, isn't so it? Every is, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf is definitely mental. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, the more you do, the more you do both, the more they just they just align together. Um, I, I guess, firstly, a lot of the people that I'm teaching skiing, I teach golf. Um, okay. And, you know, you know, so that's uh, that, that obviously makes it a lot easier. I mean, it's amazing. You know, if I think. You know, literally this year, I, I can think of 10 or 12 private lessons that I've had uh, in the golf season so yeah. far that are people that I taught in, in the ski programs this year. Oh, uh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, because so, we've uh, got, a, I've got a know, similar thing with football. A lot of football kids we ski with, and right. it's like a circle, you know, like one feeds the other. Yeah, I think so, right? And, and you know, what are you doing in, in, in the summer uh, in, in ski resorts, right? So I, I guess I guess that's the easy parallel for both yeah. of us. Um uh, again, I think it's because you've, you know, hopefully you've, you've built a trust factor. They like what you've taught them, or they've liked your approach in, yeah. in, in the in skiing, and, and, and that's translated then into the golf. Um, 
lots of similarities, like you said, you know, starting from the ground up, right? Um, you know, certainly in golf teaching now, um, you know, there's a lot more emphasis on on the ground and, and using ground reaction forces um, oh, yeah? uh, to, to, to deliver more power uh, wow. through the golf swing. Uh, stance and balance, you know, literally, I would say 90% of the golf lessons I teach have some form of posture related um uh, examples or, or techniques that we have to work on yeah. and align and alignment is almost in every single lesson I teach, whether it's a guy that's going to become the amateur champion in the yeah. province yeah. or somebody that's just learned to play golf, uh, uh, today. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot. Alignment seems to be the number one. Huh. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's sort of the bi- the biomechanics, um, you know, ironically in, in the golf world, I've been teaching biomechanics for a lot longer than in the ski world. Yeah. It might sound a bit odd, but maybe the Tom Gelly uh, style of things and yeah. certainly in the CS- CSIA, we can see there's a, a way more biomechanics now. I think that's been more prevalent in the golf world for mm-hmm. a lot longer. Um, they, they kind of got into that a little bit earlier, I would say. Yeah, um, so there's a lot more explanation in in the golf of, of hey, you know, if this is what the pelvis is doing, this is why you can't swing properly. Mm-hmm. Lots of postures coming from uh, as a result of uh, of the way your body moves. And yeah. um, years ago, when I first began teaching golf, you just try and get everybody to perfect this perfect swing. Mm. Um, you know, whereas now I'd like to think I'm a lot better. Hey, I, I understand what your limitations are. I do a physical assessment with you. Yeah. Um, so I use a program called TPI, uh-huh. um, which is a screening process uh, that goes from literally um, the way the way you move your pelvis all the way to the way you move your wrists, wow. uh, forearm rotation. We go into everything. Uh, we understand what your internal, external rotation is in your pelvis. And then, and then we, we uh, depending on the results of those tests, uh, we create a swing that works more efficiently for you. So it's, it's quite an interesting process. That yeah. yeah, we don't have that yet in skiing, does it? I guess there's not as much money in skiing to be made out of that kind of biomechanical analysis. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I think it's coming. I really do. Um, you know, if you look at again, I'm using Tom Gelly as an example. How many people are listening to his podcast now? How many people are introducing some of the things that he talks about in, into their ski lessons? Right, I've seen sure, yeah. a lot more in the last year or two. I don't know if that's reached your world there. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I certainly um, take a bunch of stuff from, from from what he talks about. You know, there are. Yeah, so no two golf swings are the same. No two skiing yeah. styles are the same, right? Like you can mimic yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, but you can't. Your 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 personal movement pattern is unique to you, um, but yeah. not everyone can see that. You know, it takes years years of listening to information, like you know, like you get from Tom, like you get from some of the other sources, doing your own reading yeah. and research to to understand you know how how all of that works warren smith is quite good at that like he talks a lot about the mic by mccast i learned a lot from him about that kind of thing and um, yeah it's yeah it's it, you're, you're right but I, I think golf is way ahead on that kind of stuff yeah yeah i think i'd just like to think it's something that that, that the ski world is is uh, adopting more uh, mm. you know jeff marks out here he's our uh you know, he's our um, uh, head of CSIA out, out here. And I know certainly, you know, I, I would say certainly some of the sessions and, and we have what we call PD days here, which just uh, no matter what level you are, mm. you're going for uh, a session with, um, you know, people that are, that are the same qualification as you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I feel it's coming into all of those sessions 
a lot more than maybe it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and then maybe the introduction of things like carb and stuff like that were as well, right? It gave them more data points that mm-hmm. people can see a little bit easier. But I think it, you know, I think it's great, and, and certainly something that I've been explaining to people is, you know, if you look at this skier coming down the hill, you know, we, we need to understand what they're doing, but it doesn't mean you can do that, right? Can, yeah. You know, because I, I I've seen you, and I know that you can't actually do a sit up, so <laughs> there's no way yeah, you're yeah. doing that, right? Or no. I know that you've already told me that your hamstrings are tighter than a guitar strings, so right? Yeah. You can't move like that. No, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think it, I think it's an evolution, but I, I do like it. You know, it, it's very similar. Um, I, I, I think it's amazing how similar it is teaching both. Um, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I guess that was a, that was always the dream, and it, and, it, and it has come to fruition is to be able to, to teach both. Yeah. Um, you know, the third dream was playing for Liverpool, so I guess you know, two out of three is not bad, right? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that. that. Talking to, talking to high standards, the, the, the level of pro football these days is like, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's another world. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's, uh, it's but no, no, it's been great. Um, like I said, the seasons were, you know, it, it, it's pretty much simultaneously for, uh, for me. You know, the ski season uh, stops, um, certainly, certainly in this part, and, and the golf season uh, kicks in almost straight away. Like the first year I was in Kimberley, the ski hill closed on the Saturday and the golf course opened on the Sunday. It's that, it's that, it's that rapid because we're a thousand feet different uh, yeah. from the ski hill to, to the golf course. So, uh-huh. um, if, you can, uh, if you can understand that, you can probably see how we're playing on grass while we're still skiing at the same Yeah, time. yeah, no, I do, I do that, that you could do that here too. It's certain south and south and north facing areas. You, you can yeah, yeah. you can go, you know, this is the, the, the problem that we fight here in the Port de Soleil is that a lot of our clients we draw from um draw from the lake so they're, they're, they're kind of like right. they're living by the lake so when we time you get to march it's already 20 degrees down there so they don't wow. understand that skiing is still going on up where we are and there's still some amazing conditions to be had because as far as they're concerned the flowers are out right it's spring yeah so yeah. convincing people to keep coming in march and april when the conditions can be really really good just yep. is is uh is it's tough when you've got people looking out their door and it's you know bright blue sunshine and and um you know people are swimming in the lake and stuff it's uh, it's crazy oh nice well ho- hopefully i'll get to see you there one day yeah well you said you said you know i'm gonna hold you to this because you said you've got to yep. do an away week one season so you are more than welcome to come and try your <laughs> no, try your hands on yeah. the on what we yeah. do yeah no. so I mean, how, how no. can how can people find you if they uh, if they need to find you? Do, do they contact you directly, or do they find you through ski school, or how does it work? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, through the ski school uh, for sure. Uh, both Fernie and Kimberly are run uh, by the same organisation, Resorts of the Canadian Rockies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can you can book lessons through there. You can request me um, uh, for the season. Uh, the the up and coming programs at, at both hills. Okay. Um, and then yeah, uh, I guess online as well. Um, uh, you know, I am on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, you can find me on there uh, at green. That's called at green or white. So, okay, yeah, I guess you get the idea there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> am I doing the green stuff or the white stuff? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Cool. Well, look, I, I, despite the technical difficulties that we had, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, no, thanks, Dave. Uh, it's, been, it's been great. Uh, it's been great listening to uh, to the podcast and the people you've had on. So uh, yeah. Yeah, keep up the good work and uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Cool.